You are now listening to AHIC Talks, Episode 1. Hello everyone, I'm Matthew Weiss, the Managing Director of Bench, and I'm here today with Trevor Ward, the Managing Director of W Hospitality Group, and we're going to talk about the 13th Annual Chain Development Pipeline Survey. Trevor, obviously welcome and just give us a quick overview as to what this survey does for those who don't know. Sure, thanks. Hello, Matt. Hello, um, those who are listening in today. Every year we ask the chains and we do some research to tell us what they've been up to in terms of signing deals and opening hotels in Africa, which include the Indian Ocean Islands, Seychelles, Mauritius, Madagascar and Comoros. We put all this data together. This year, 447 hotels with 82,000 rooms and we slice it and dice it and analyze it as much as we can to understand what's going on, what's been going on and what's likely to happen in the future. And these are signed deals. They are not letters of intent. They're not rumours. They're not thoughts. They are signed deals between the chains on on one side and owners, investors, promoters on on the other. So how bad was it? If if you look at the operating uh, landscape, the operating environment, it was a disaster for Africa with at one time 70-80% of hotels closed. We're talking about the the signing deals environment, though, and and it was down only 30%, the number of deals signed in 2020 compared to 2019. Only 30%, as I say, compared to the operating landscape, that was not that bad. In terms of opening new hotels from, from the previous pipeline, that wasn't good. We expected something like 90 hotels to open and only about 25% of those hotels. Those hotels which are the chains expected to open when they looked at it at the beginning of 2020, at the end of 2021, they'd only opened about 25% of that pipeline. Well, that makes some sense considering the environment. Yeah, for reasons we all know about, mm. um, you know, supply chains, a lack of demand, government restrictions. Are you getting any feeling of how that's looking for 21? Because I was talking to a few and obviously things are in some countries in a second wave now and, and so on. So is that, do you get a feeling that that's going to change or just stay the um, same? Well, there's a lot of optimism about signing and and opening in 2021. As with so much 2022, visibility is virtually zero. We're here in April 2021. We thought it would all be over by now. There have already been a couple of openings. Big hotel in Lagos, where I'm based, 250-room Marriott is still, they're going to open probably next month. Obviously delayed, who isn't? But there's still people are still planning to open where they can and where they're ready to do so. But we will be down. Not every hotel that's planned to open will open. It's in, in some ways, that's, a, that's positively surprising, the, the signings, the numbers there. And considering, sure. yeah. What, the, yeah, yeah. considering what the industry has been through. Uh, what does that sort of tell you? Is that just a, a pipeline legacy or... What does it actually sort of intimate to you? The number of signings last year, 71, I think it was. That's surprising in terms of people being locked down. 
the vast majority of those deals were done virtually. Unlikely that many new deals were signed last year. They were all in the deal pipeline. In other words, they they were on people's tables and, and had been discussed before the pandemic hit us. But then equally, the change will tell you that there are new projects coming along. I'm dealing with projects, new projects in, in various countries where we are still talking to change about signing those deals in 2021. What sort of deals are they? Are they new, new developments? Are they conversions? Both. But whilst there's a lot of talk about conversions, there's very little actually happening outside of, uh, say, South Africa, where various today and in the past, various office blocks have been um, talked about for hotel conversions. I can't put my finger on a single office block conversion in, say, West Africa. They're they're new deals. They're new deals, but very difficult to finance them. It's a big question now, isn't it, financing? I was talking to Fabio from JLL, and he was saying that's getting tougher, and it was already tough. It's a risky business, which has got riskier and longer term, and the banks cannot see to the future of of getting their money back. Well, we'll see what happens next year. So from the numbers side of things, where does that leave the race? Who's uh, who's sort of winning the race, in your opinion, from firstly, from an operator operator standpoint? It's a race which uh, Accor and Marriott, Accor, the owner of brands such as Fairmont and Mervenpick and Novotel and Evis, it's a race which those two are winning. They're vying neck and neck at, at numbers one and two, Accor number one, Marriott International, the chain number two, with Hilton and, and Radisson Hotel Group they're making the big four. And looking at the chart, those four together account for two thirds of the total rooms wow. in the pipeline. And, that, and that's 40 chains. It's how big those four brands, those four chains are. And then when we look at the, the brands, the top five brands are Hilton, Fairmont, Marriott, uh, and Mervyn Pick, and Radisson Blue. Sorry, <laughs> I can't count. <laughs> we'll the say top five. Five brands are Hilton, Fairmont, Marriott, Mervyn Pick, and Radisson Blue. And um, those five together are a quarter of pipeline rooms, wow. 25%. Yeah, it really is a big lump at the top. And look at Accor, they've got two brands in that top five, Fairmont and Mervenpick, both of which have relatively big boxes, big hotels, uh, as do Hilton and Marriott. Radisson Blue tend to be a bit smaller than, than those top five, the, the, the other four in the top five. What about the African brands? We saw over the last few years a few creeping in. Has this impacted them? What's any interesting? Not, not at all. No, I mean one of they're, they're too big compared to their competitors. Two African brands. That's Azalai and um, where well, the chain is Mangalis. Sorry, three. I'll I'll take on Onomo as well. We've seen a reduction in their pipelines. Mangalis have been going through, let's call it internal restructuring, and um, closed their office in Spain last year and moved everything to. Dakar in Senegal and seem to be reining in their activities. Onomo's uh, pipeline uh, is relatively small, as are the other two as well. I, th- I suppose a period of consolidation is what we'll call it. And, and those are the three African chains that, that have been in, in the pipeline. And uh, getting any sort of sniffs of any new brands or? 
No, is it? No, there's no, uh, no, nobody is bold enough at the moment, quite, quite understandably. Yeah. Setting up a new hotel chain is, it's not just a question of a couple of new hotels and put a, put a name on them. It's the, if you, if you look at what the chains, the existing chains have put behind them in terms of brand energy, brand engines uh, and sales and marketing networks, it's a struggle to put together a new hotel chain. Location-wise, country, city, whatever it might be, who's winning that race? Interesting. We, we, we see the same kind of structure to the charts, if you like. If you look at the five countries, it's out of 54 that we cover. Egypt, Nigeria, mm. Morocco, Ethiopia and Cape Verde are the top five. And they're 56% of total wow. rooms in the pipeline. Five countries. So 10% of the countries. 10, 10% of countries is 56% of rooms. And Egypt, on its own, is 24% of total rooms. You know, Egypt is an economic powerhouse. Yeah. It, it, it's a, a tourism powerhouse. Go, go back in history. It, it, it has been since the dawn of history. Um, I've been reading. It's also in a very good, recently. good position for investment as well. Uh, obviously, having come out of a few troubles. Yeah. Uh, well, the troubles are not not necessarily behind them, um, uh, as in most many African yeah. countries. But yes, in, investment has been there. The tour operators, the airlines, yeah. the Egyptian. Uh, investors in in hotels have been there. And it is just astonishing, though, that the size of that pipeline, and and that pipeline is 12% up on last year. The the, the rate of signing just seems to go apace, particularly, again, from that number one ACOR, who who are signing, signing, signing deals. If I can just zero in on cities as well. Yeah, Yeah, please. uh, the, the, The top five cities in Africa Cairo, Addis Ababa, Nairobi, Lagos, and Hugada. Did you hear number one? It's Cairo, oh, yeah. capital of Egypt, and Cairo on its own is 9% of, of the total pipeline. And those top five, which are top five out of 149 cities, uh, they account for 28% of the total. Any surprising... I mean, that's obviously surprising in itself, the sort of sheer dominance, but uh, any sort of surprising entrance or...? Yes, I'm delighted because of personal involvement in in the deals and in the countries. I'm delighted to see that Djibouti and Somalia have both joined the the list uh, of countries with uh, pipeline deals. It's been a while since any countries uh, did join, and, and we've been tipping those two for a while. Djibouti, where Accor uh, have signed uh, multiple deals with an investor there, and Somalia, where there's a, a Louvre deal in uh, of a Sarova hotel uh, under construction in Hargeisa, which is the capital of the Somaliland province. So yeah, I, I, I have surprises and, and delight at those two joining the joining the um well done to all involved please do reach out to either trevor or myself for information on the report you know just finally trevor just i'm going to ask you to sort of do a bit of crystal ball gazing you know from the 2020 report what do you think this 
now sort of intimates for the future, 2021 and beyond? Is there anything that you can draw from it? I mean, who who has a crystal ball anymore? Um, I think they're all shattered out of the window. I am not as positive as I used to be because of the pandemic, but it's also the fact that the pandemic has, has brought government restrictions. An awful lot of what we can't do anymore is because of the government. And that means opening hotels, staying in hotels, opening air routes, landing in these airports or those airports. Some countries are still closed uh, in, in Africa. I mean, totally closed. The difficulty of adhering to government regulations on, on health, if you travel to some countries, you, you have to quarantine when you get back home. Kenya, a major, major economy, a major tourism destination. Uh, Kenya uh, is, is now closed to the UK. The BA has cancelled its flights. You cannot travel from Kenya to the UK unless you are a, a UK citizen or Irish citizen. We have these continuing government re- restrictions, and it's very, very, it's impossible to say when those yeah. restrictions will be lifted. Having said that, we're a long-term industry. Investors and the chains see it as long-term, and those chains that I that they're still out there they're still doing what they can to sign deals so it's not going to stop but seeing the future depends almost entirely on what government does or doesn't which, do which is a flip of a coin yes I'm afraid so so on that uncertain note I suppose I should say well thanks Trevor for sharing your views and and data today and thank you for bringing it alongside the Arabian and African Hospitality Investment Conference that we're hosting in September and thanks for joining today. Thank you for the invite Matt, I appreciate it.